Delano's Top of the Week. It's that time of the week when we're joined in the studio by someone from Delano to talk about a topic that's in the news. We also have a look at some events that are coming up in Luxembourg this week. And then there's a personal pick at the end. Cordula from Delano is with us again this week. Good morning, Cordula. Good morning. I'm making it a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> Three in a row, but that's all good. How's it going? Yeah, good. How are you? You sound a bit uh, ill. <laughs> yeah, I've woken up with a little bit of a cold, unfortunately, but it's that time of year, isn't it? Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll rest your voice later. Yes, um, but I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Auto Festival, which is uh, currently ongoing in Luxembourg. It's the second week this week. This is a big thing in Luxembourg, isn't it? I would say it is a, a bit of a Luxembourg institution and a, a staple in the annual calendar. It's been around since uh, 1964, um, so it's been going for, for a fair amount of time. Mm. <laughs> and what goes on during the Auto Festival? Exactly, for anyone that might be new to Luxembourg, kind of what, what's, what is the Auto Festival? Yeah, so, so traditionally, um, sort of car dealerships, they offer you know, special deals on cars and you can get, I don't know, a good price. You can get some of the, the you know, sort of extra add-on packages that you get on a vehicle for free. And um, there's loads of offers. Um, and banks also during that time uh, tend to offer quite sort of favorable loans if you buy a new car. Um, and it's kind of the the occasion to, to make a bargain. Um, and usually during, it used to be a one-week festival. During the pandemic, they made it into two because um, they could welcome fewer customers at a time because of all of the restrictions um but usually dealers make around um a third of their annual sales during the auto festival which is quite a lot um and it's also seen as a kind of indicator of how the luxembourg economy is doing um right because it's, it's kind of you know an expression of, of consumer confidence um in years so for example during the pandemic um there were a lot less, fewer cars sold, sold than, than in previous years, um, just because people were more cautious about their spending. Um, so yeah, it's really, um, it's it's a kind of interesting so if the, feature. <laughs> if the dealerships kind of don't do well in the car festival or the auto festival, it might be a sign that it's going to be a quiet year for them. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And. Do we know what's what it's looking like this year already? Are people buying more cars this year than last year? So for the festival itself, it's a bit too early to tell because we're only just going into the second week. Um, for the last sort of three months, so looking at the end of last year and um, and early this year, um, car registrations did go up um, 7% compared to the year before. Um, but there are also still, you know, there are some challenges, um, you know, supply chain issues. I think if you, you know, if you order a new car now, you might have to wait for six months or even a year um, to actually get it because of all the chip shortages and um, all of this going on. Um, that has led to like a burgeoning secondhand market for cars, which is something that we didn't really see previously in Luxembourg people were I think Luxembourg is you know famously kind of car obsessed and has one of the if not the highest car ownership rate in Europe Um, and it has it also has a generally very young uh, fleet of cars and so people tend to be tend to get a new car on a a fairly regular basis Um, but yeah what we saw because of all of these shortages is that people are actually uh, more more into getting getting a second-hand car um, and then another trend that we've seen in the past years is the rise in e-vehicles mm-hmm. um, that account sort of for a growing share of cars that are that are bought during the festival, um, in part because of um, very heavy uh, government subsidies that you can now get if you buy uh, uh, an electric car. Um, and what what kind of subsidies are there for buying electric cars? And I'm, I'm guessing that this is um, you know to try and help Luxembourg achieve kind of cl- climate goals with lower emissions. Um, so for anybody you know that's looking to buy a car, what do you know what the subsidies are? How much? 
Off the top of my head, I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think you get around 8,000 euros um, from the ministry that you can kind of claim back when you when you buy an e-vehicle. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, maybe if you're buying a Tesla, that's not a huge amount. Mm. <laughs> and there are other countries that have done other things. Um, so, for example, I think in, in Norway, they have either uh, abolished or um, heavily reduced the VAT on, um, on electric cars, mm-hmm. um, which is why they have a much higher, or part of the reason why they have a much higher um, e-vehicle, e-vehicle uh, ownership rate. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you already said, like transport is really is key for Luxembourg to to get um, to achieve its its, its climate targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess it's 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 definitely going to be an area that's kind of going to be increasingly scrutinized in um, in coming years. You know, with with all countries trying to achieve those climate goals that they've set. Um, how do you think that will play out for the auto festival? Are they going to have to, you know? Will um, will car car dealerships and like car brands focus exclusively on electric cars going forward? Or, um, you know, how will, how will how do you think that will play out in Luxembourg? So I think you can already see um, a lot more a lot more e-vehicles just hitting the market. And this isn't specific to Luxembourg mm-hmm. um, because, I mean, at the same time, there are, you know, talks at EU level to, um, you know, phase out combustion engines completely. Um, I think there the, the, the deadline is somewhere around 2035 that they're considering um, completely phasing out um, combustion engines. Um, but I think there is a, a much bigger awareness around e-mobility. Um, we also obviously, you know, there is the issue of um, also providing the right infrastructure um, so uh, Luxembourg, for example, is using funds out of the EU's uh, recovery and resilience mechanism. Um, that was a, a pot of money that's being made available to countries coming out of the, the COVID crisis. Um, and Luxembourg is making is using some of that money um, to establish more uh, charging infrastructure. Um, so you the, the like the chargé and super chargé uh, stations mm-hmm. that you see, um, some of those are being funded with um, with EU money. Um, because I mean, you know, it is an EU goal to um, uh, reduce emissions by 55% uh, by 2030 and going climate neutral uh, by 2050. And for Luxembourg, that means that you know, sort of in a first step already, it must um, reduce emissions in the transport se- sector by 57%. That's more than half. Um, and th- those kind of targets are up for review this year. So we'll see, um, you know, what has what has been achieved in the last couple of years. Um, but by 2030, the the plan for Luxembourg is that pretty much half of the cars on Luxembourg's, Luxembourg's roads should be e-vehicles. Um, and currently, they, they make up a much, much smaller fraction. So in October 2022, there were like roughly 448,000 cars registered in Luxembourg and only just under 23,800 of them were, were electric cars. Um, so, you know, more than 90% are still still combustion engine vehicles. Okay, that's that's, that's quite, a, quite a long way to go then <laughs> to try and achieve 50% on the roads by, was it 2030? 2030, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I guess, you know, <clears throat> we've already seen like, you know, f- there's great public transport in Luxembourg. It's a small country. Uh, so, you know, you don't really need to drive that far. Um, and so driving an electric vehicle, um, you know, because I think a big thing with electric vehicles that we hear about is something called like range anxiety, which is like whether you can actually get as far as you need to go without having to charge it. So Luxembourg has seemed to maybe be a kind of an ideal place to, to have an electric car. So those uh, those goals that have that you, that you just um, cited there, reaching 50% of electric cars on the road by 2030, um, 
has is there has there been any statement how that's going to be achieved? Is that something that the government needs to do, or is it just a you know like the the, the public need to kind of um, act, or is it just an awareness thing? So part of it is is the subsidies um, for e vehicles, mm-hmm. um, and and those have been uh, extended for several years now. I think there was initially there was kind of a push for them, um, and but they have been sort of yeah renewed over consecutive years, and they're still available now. And I. I don't see them sort of disappearing anytime soon. Um, and it's, you know, it is something that, you know, both sides need to play along. You need to have, um, you know, e-vehicles need to be affordable mm-hmm. um, or as as affordable in a way as a, as a regular car. Um, there needs to be the right infrastructure, especially, you know, in Luxembourg also a lot of people live in... Um, uh, in like residence and uh, apartment blocks mm-hmm. um, so if you have an e-vehicle and there's no charging station in you know the whatever car park arrangement you have um, that is difficult and that's also something that um, has come up with policymakers. Um, so now so for new builds it's it's automatically foreseen that there should be uh, but but retrofitting older apartment buildings for example is a bit more of a challenge um, so there's definitely a point where you know uh, sort of public authorities need to play their part mm-hmm. um, but and there is there is a kind of strategy um, for mobility for 2035 um it's a it's a hefty 200 page document (laughs) Mm -hmm. that sets out kind of the the vision for luxembourg transport um that doesn't necessarily go into you know sort of the question of electric versus um, combustion engine but it's really more about you know how do we use our cars generally um because um i think 40 percent of car journeys in luxembourg are, are less than five kilometers long mm-hmm. um, as you said you know a lot of journeys in Luxembourg are very short so I think there's more of a push for looking at okay how can we do how can we reduce the number of, of uh, times that people use the car for such a short distance how do we promote cycling um, or you know using public transport creating more efficient and effective networks um, that allow people to just leave the car at home um, so um, by 2035 vehicle usage should go down to sort of to a share of 31% of all methods of transport where it's currently over half. Mm. Um, so that kind of, all of those elements kind of tie in with, um, so reducing vehicles as it is, mm-hmm. driving less, and then using e-vehicles for the journeys that we do make to further reduce emissions. This is all uh, something that I'm sure all of the kind of stakeholders involved in the Auto Festival will be thinking about at the moment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of like, you know, the institution of the Auto Festival uh, continues in, in the years to come in Luxembourg. Um, but as you said, probably electric vehicles, the way forward. <laughs> um, should I play a track? And when we come back, we'll look at some, we'll look at some events that you've got lined up for our listeners to check out in Luxembourg this week. It's Heinz with Good Bad Times on RS City Radio, where we are back in the studio with Cordula from Delano for Delano's Top of the Week. And this, and we're going to look at some events that are coming up in Luxembourg this week for people to look forward to. What have we got up first, Cordula? So the first event I've picked out is on Wednesday, the 1st of Feb, um, and it's a roundtable discussion called Does Europe Have a Future? It is uh, sort of in the framework of uh, ESH 2022, which closed with an exhibition on uh, sort of like Europe and cross-border workers in that region. Um, and 
uh, yeah, a few a few people will be uh, debating, uh, yeah, whether whether Europe has a future. Also, in in light of the war in Ukraine, um, the discussion is in German, English, and French, but there is simultaneous translation with all of those languages because we're in Luxembourg and that's what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, entry is free, um, and you can find uh, more information about that on the esh2022.lu website. And there's also a Facebook event. Um, okay, but do you need to reserve in advance, or is it uh, just show up? Um, so you you can book in advance mm-hmm. um, if you if you want a, a guaranteed seat. Um, but I have a feeling that you can probably also just show up. But okay. it's al- it's always safer to to book a seat. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And up next, we've got an album release party. Yes. So there is uh, the Cliffs of Lone. Um, is uh, so there's a, a guy called Matt Dawson. He's uh, in his in his sixties, and he has a long history in the music scene of, of Luxembourg, but also uh, also abroad. And um, so his uh, his new album, The Cliffs of Lone, features ten songs, and it was recorded over three days only. Oh. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're celebrating a, a release party at uh, a record shop called Vinyl Harvest in Estoralzet uh, this uh, weekend on the fourth of Feb from three o'clock. Okay, great. And then finally, a wine and cheese event. I know, doesn't that sound great? Uh, <laughs> it is time for the Wine, Cheese and Joy uh, edition of 2023. Um, so wineries along the Moselle River will be opening their doors um, for sort of wine tastings and cheese pairings. Um, there's usually there's a shuttle bus that sort of takes you um, along. So the, it's wineries between Grevemacher and Schengen. So there's a little bus that you can hop on to to travel between all of the different places, um, and uh, you can book ahead with with different places if there are some wineries that you that you know that you definitely want to go to, um, and the information for that is on visit Moselle-event.lu. That sounds great, brilliant. Um, lots of cool things happening in Luxembourg this week. Then we're going to finish things off with a personal pick from you, and uh, you've chosen a book for us this week. What a surprise! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought since I suggested books, the, the last two ones, I would uh, I, I would go with another book. Um, it's called Why Women Are Poorer Than Men. It is by a UK financial journalist called Annabel Williams. And I think we're all, you know, sort of aware of the pay gap and um, perhaps also the pension gap, although that's slightly less mediatized. Um, but it's a really interesting look at uh, sort of how we how we got to where we are. Um, and how you know women once having been considered property, um, uh, how that influences their likelihood uh, to own property today. Um, it tackles some of the stereotypes of you know women being like I don't know risk averse or reluctant investors. Um, why women are less uh, present in uh, you know the financial sector and um, as economists, and it has quite a UK focus. So there's a couple of chapters on. For example, the UK pension system and how that disadvantages women, which don't necessarily apply, obviously, if you're reading the book outside of the country. Um, but it's still a really interesting, really interesting analysis I found with lots of interesting facts um, and also actually some some good tips on, on how to manage your money. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's it's an interesting read for women, but I also think it's uh, it's an interesting read for men um, to maybe get a, a better understanding of um, of why we are where we are. All right. That's why women are poorer than men by Annabel Williams. Uh, I'll include a link to that on uh, the recording of this, which is going to go up on our website, um, as well as links to those events that you've recommended for us. Thanks so much, Claudia Cordula. Um, you did this last week. I know, I know. <laughs> <coughs> Thanks so much, Cordula, for, for, for coming in for another Top of the Week. And we will have you or one of your colleagues in next week for another one. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks.